This podcast episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's pretty clear that almost everyone today has been feeling some level of emotional and psychological impairment due to the COVID pandemic. We've entered a mental health epidemic that's likely to endure over the coming years. So what are we going to do about it? Well, we can't really rely on our friends or family because maybe some of us aren't that lucky. And even if we do, they're probably not qualified to help us the same way that a trained therapist could. Which brings me to my point. Seeking the help of a professional therapist is an effective way to deal with the mental-emotional cloud that COVID has created. BetterHelp offers licensed, professional counselors who are trained to listen and to help. Talk with a counselor in a private online environment on your own terms from wherever you'd like. BetterHelp counselors are experts in a wide variety of topics like self-esteem, depression, anxiety, loss, and BetterHelp can get you access to help that otherwise may not have been possible in your area. So simply go now to fill out a quick questionnaire to assess your specific needs and to get matched with your perfect counselor in under 48 hours. Join over 1 million other BetterHelp users that are taking back control of their mental health with the help of experienced BetterHelp counselors. If for any reason you're unhappy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time for no additional cost. BetterHelp is an affordable option for mental health counseling. And as an Unleashed Love listener, you get 10% off your first month with our discount code UNLEASH. Get BetterHelp today at betterhelp.com forward slash unleash. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash unleash. Start talking with a therapist online and get better help. Hello and welcome to another episode of Unleash Love. My name is Clemo Young and I'm your host. Today I'm joined by Annette Marie, a success and mindset coach with a focus on manifestation. She's also an expert in NLP, hypnosis, EFT, and time technique, and helps clients on their way to achieving their goals and dreams. She's touched the hearts of over 10,000 people on their journey, and is one of the bubbliest and most enthusiastic people I've met on the podcast to date. If you enjoy this episode, please do rate and review it on the Apple Podcast platform. Every single one we get helps us reach a wider audience. With that, I'm really excited for you to eavesdrop on our conversation. So let's dive in and get started. I think we're at the period of time where everything is so superficial and so uh, external that we, it's just our natural form right now is to not look within. And mm -hmm. uh, that's a recipe for disaster, to be honest. I mean, it's interesting. I was talking last night with a client about um, spiritual bypassing. Okay. And it's a real trigger. It's a real trigger for her how people are out there explaining spiritual bypassing um, because she's kind of like, um, what does that even mean? Uh, spiritual by, well, you know, it's interesting because some people feel it's like where you almost quantum leap and push yourself past an er area that's spiritual bypassing. But the way a lot of people are explaining it is, no, 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 don't do the meditation. Don't do that because that's not what you're supposed to do. That's, you know, that's being self-absorbed and you're not really doing the work. But in that, I think it's triggering a lot of people to say, well, that's just denial. You're not doing the work. Mm -hmm. And if, and we know if we're not doing the work, what happens? Universe is going to just loop us right back around and say, no, no, let's learn this lesson properly. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, there's a back door to everything, isn't there? So I think <laughs> there in, is like enlightenment, you know, you, you you might think you're enlightened, but then you realize, oh my God, I was just using it as this way to kind of get validation. <laughs> I thought I was, but mm -hmm. I'm not actually. And um, I don't know because I've never spoken to them about this, but there are various spiritual gurus that you see in social and they're very popular yeah. And there are moments where you kind of think, hang on a second, like that doesn't seem like the kind of thing the Buddha would do. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. But I'm just saying, I think sometimes it catches people on the, on the flip side. Like they maybe have like an, an amazing experience and they're able to 
kind of transcend all of the materialistic ego based bullshit. But then once they get there, you have to hold on to it somehow or not hold on to it, but let go, keep letting go mm -hmm. of it. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think it's difficult to do that, especially if you try to but reintegrate yourself afterwards. Like if you, if you go to study as a, a monk, right. For a right. few years and then you, you feel completely free and then you come back to normal society. I mean, Eckhart Tolle talks about this a lot. He talks about how it's really difficult for him mm -hmm. or has been difficult for him to, to not get back into the natural uh, flow of westernized society. Yeah. And it's funny because then do we also come to the viewpoints of what, what we are as individuals and what the universe wants for us? Do I think that it's spiritual? There is two camps here. It's spiritual to be broke. It's spiritual. It's spiritual to not be. And which side do you elevate more? And I would have to actually say, I'm a part of the camp that says you don't have to be broke or struggling to be spiritual because the more I have, the more I can elevate because the more I can get myself out there. Yes. And I think that with every person that I lift up, um, they're going to be bringing somebody else with them. Yes. So the more I can get out there, but how do I do that? It's the means it's the, it's the, well, it's law of compensation. Mm. Mm -hmm. One of the 12 universal laws truly does it fall under that? Is it the law of compensation that says if you have something to offer, people will pay for that. But in them paying for that, I think there's a greater appreciation. And those people that you elevate are going to elevate more. The more you have, the more you get to help, the more you get to elevate. So I think it's kind of a loop. So I think... I'm not necessarily thinking that I'm a part of the camp that says I have to be destitute to be spiritual. <laughs> I like the way you said that. <laughs> I'm destitute, so I'm spiritual. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast this morning um, and the discussion was, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to dive into this because I don't think it's the topic of the discussion, but feel free to dive into it with me. But I'm just going to say <laughs> the topic of that discussion uh, was was about the um they they dived into you know marxist kind of ideology and how you are going to be rewarded for doing less and when you do more when you become more productive you're uh you are punished because that's basically socialism right so okay. uh, so but that's not something that humans want to play so the only way to enforce that is to is through violence so socialism is only enforceable and playable because it's an unplayable game through violence. And again, I don't want to get into the complex side of it, but, but uh, it's to, I'm just kind of complimenting your, your, your kind of what you mentioned about like thinking that you've got to be some poor person who doesn't want for things uh, to be classed or seen as someone who is honorable and, uh, and enlightened and, but it's not true because I think we're driven to be productive. We're driven to help and serve other people. And we should yes. be rewarded for that. That, that yeah. That's a game that we want to play. We want to play yeah. that game. It's competitive, but it shouldn't be uh, oppressive. It, it, it should be for the well-being of everybody. Like if I provide value and I get paid for it, that's good. That's actually a really great outcome for everyone. But I it think, is. you know. Um, I think the reason why people exist that want to go back to things like socialism that don't fully understand the repercussions of it is because the system today doesn't really work that well to allow for people who are producing value um, to be uh, reimbursed for that the same way that people who produce things that do not bring value. In fact, that actually oppressed people are being yeah, rewarded for. Yeah. So we have a broken system and I think it's driving people to the extremes. And I think people are saying, let's get socialism back. When in reality, what we, what we want is what we have now, but just fairer, you know, a fairer system. Uh, so yeah, th that is a very, that is a very interesting point to make. Um, I do also believe, right, obviously from what I just said, that, uh, that we should be striving to, to improve our life, our quality of life, the quality of the lives of the people around us. Around us, yeah, to lift, it, to lift and evolve. And it's interesting because I, 
I always go back to this. And recently over the past couple of weeks, I've really gone back to this is there is no light within dark. I mean, you have to have both. You cannot have light without dark. You have to have the melding because that's where true balance is found. It's not one or the other. It's not the extremes that work. It's when the light and dark come together that it works. Yes. And, and the, at least that's how it is in my mind. One cannot exist without the other. So you're saying, do you, so do you kind of almost, would you say embrace the darkness that you have within you? Cause we, I mean, we, we have, we have, we terrible, all have darkness. Yeah. We, um, we have I terrible science, do I embrace it? Do I embrace it? I think sometimes we all have to embrace our darkness because if we don't embrace it, we're not going to grow. We're not going to learn. And I think maybe sometimes in the darkness, as long as it's not, I mean, there's a dark place that of course I would never hope that anyone ever goes, you know, going out, murdering people, you know, robbing. I have to stop that by the way. I really need to move on from that. So I'm trying, I'm trying, but I'm still not there yet. (laughs) You're trying not to be out there doing this. I'm trying not to be a murderer. (laughs) I, I think that though, within each one of us, there is darkness. And I think it comes from childhood wounds or other things that have happened to us. And I think when we go inside in that manner and we embrace it and we learn and we grow and we heal, I think then it comes it becomes the light and therefore we bring the balance. Mm-hmm. I, a simplistic way for me to think about it, but that's how I personally think about it. Cause that's what works for my personal paradigm. I think there's a danger in not being able or being unwilling to talk about the things that make us feel uncomfortable. I think though that's, we, we do that very well, but we, mm-hmm. but because of that, we are, we are just so incapacitated as a result and it kind of almost distorts and warps and corrupts society because when society doesn't like to face the darkness that we are, that we inherently have, I think we kind of build up these lies about, you know, what constitutes uh, good, what constitutes like a, uh, uh, I suppose, like a human being. I mean, we, we, we don't even learn from history as much as I think we could. So we're going down roads today, literally today, that we've already been down and we don't, we know they don't end well. Mm -hmm. So it's fascinating to me how difficult it still is for humans to sit down and confront things that are uncomfortable because we know that there's some value in understanding them better so that we don't have to repeat them over and over again. We just, I don't, yeah. I think that, and I agree with you 110% on this, because I actually think that as a society, we're doing some things to try to erase history. And I think when we try to erase history, we ultimately will repeat it. And this time around, are we going to make it worse than it was the original time? I mean, God forbid, because we've had, there's been atrocities through history. We have to learn from them, not shove them and pretend that it never exists. Mm -hmm. We confront it. We see from it. We learn from it. We evolve and grow. Yeah, uh, right. And I think that's what we we really need right now. We're we're desperate for that. So conversations like this and the ones that I listen to, uh, long form podcasts are really effective, I think, for sharing mm-hmm. these valuable uh, dissections of stuff that you would never find on mainstream media because, right, especially in certain countries, the mainstream media isn't so much a platform for sharing genuine conversation it's more like a platform for promotion and you don't get the ability to really drill down into and kind of you know like i said dissect your thoughts about things you have Mm -hmm. five minutes or less to make your point and if it's if you don't meet that you're out like straight onto the next person you get cut (laughs) off you know you it's just crazy absolutely insane i see the guitar here in the background do you play I do. Yeah, I do. I'm just already in my mind thinking, oh, is she going to get me to play or not? <laughs> no, <laughs> I would not be. I would not do that to you. So oh, I just. Well, good. I, Thank I, you, because I'm not very good. So but I do play. It's very relaxing. Do you play uh, guitar, piano? I don't. I play piano and flute as a child, but I haven't as as for a very long time. I don't even know. 
you know, I might be able to play chopsticks still, but that might be, <laughs> it might be, you know, hey, that might be the end of it. It's <laughs> commendable. I think, uh, I, I think chopsticks is the golden standard really. Of, uh, of, uh, <laughs> instrument playing. I tried. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, when it comes to coronavirus, uh, the era of COVID-19, I think it, you find things to do to take your mind away from, the troubles that are, uh, you know, happening uh, around you. And one of them is uh, just playing the guitar. The other is having a routine at night to stretch and mm -hmm. breathe. Uh, mm -hmm. One is, um, you know, really focusing and zoning in on everything that I need to accomplish during the day. So like journaling. Right. And, uh, and, and, and I find all of these things. And I don't know what you think about those, but I, they help me a lot basically. I am, I am a great believer in morning and evening rituals and journaling is very much a part of my evening rituals. That's when I do that in the morning. I usually will jot down gratitude mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not even jotting down. Maybe it's before I get out of bed and I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, what am I grateful for today? This is what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for the goofy little dog who's over here, you know, kissing my ear. You know, it can be something as that. My great cup of coffee. Um, silly things. Um, and then I kind of go through in my head, how is it that I want to show up today? What's the one thing I can do today to embody where I'm going? But at night, that's really where I do my journaling. And I've got stacks and stacks of journal books. Um, I really need to probably shred them all because I think some things you'd like almost be like, embarrassed if people go, well, where was that thought going? But, you know, yeah. that thought got me from point A to point B. But uh, one of the things I notice, if I'm not keeping my evening ritual of journaling, because that's where I do a lot of my mindset work is at night. And if I don't do that, my life, I do see goes off track. Mm, yeah. So I... Uh, yeah, I try to get my clients to do it, my friends to do it, my family. And it's like, it's okay. You can think I'm nuts, but you just go ahead and start doing it for 30 days and you watch what happens. Right. Because I think it brings you to that happy, healthy, and whole. Mm -hmm. Or as healthy, happy, and whole as we can be. So. Yes. Uh, for me, it, it's been life-changing. I think it really helped me get on track with a lot of the things that I put off you know, for so long. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the kind of person who I would ever have thought can be consistent because I've been so inconsistent in the past. So having, and like you said, it's like these habits, these kinds of positive um, new habits take days, you know, months to form, but it's the consistency that matters, right? It's not, you know, it's, it's not, you can't like do it for five days and then that counts towards the overall, it's got to be consistently <laughs> Yeah. And I really, honestly, I didn't think I was going to be able to do it, but it does make a huge difference if you just stick it through. And then somehow that transfers into, I found other areas of my life, like my, my workout routine. I was able to keep that up. I was starting to feel more confident about my ability and I trusted myself more. So the promises that I made where I would usually kind of say, okay, I'm going to do this and I, I wouldn't do it. The, now there's a lot more likelihood that I'm actually going to follow through with things that mm -hmm. I say I'm going to do, which does massive amounts of wonders for my, my personal and self-esteem. Well, it, it, it affects every single area. So 21 days, obviously to break a habit or form a new one. Mm. And the biggest thing is I noticed the people that don't start with stuff, um, continue on with their journey, journaling is because they make it a chore. It can't be a chore. Mm. And when we don't make it a chore, I think that we become more productive. And as we break through and do one positive area in our life, it just naturally spills over into so many other areas. I mean, truly, if you think about it, that's what I do for people, you mm -hmm. know, and that is a part of, you know, when we're talking about manifesting, that's a part of manifesting. We're manifesting 24-7, whether we realize it or not. We've been manifesting from the day we came out of that womb, you know? So we feel every we feel everything, and whether we know it or not, we're manifesting. So you might as well go ahead and create the best life ever, right? Yeah. Can, can, you, uh, yeah. can you talk about manifestation? Because I feel like 
a lot of us hear it all the time, but we've never really thought about the true meaning of manifestation. So like for yourself, what is that? What does it mean to you, manifestation? And, 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 and then we can maybe like kind of go through how someone would, would actively manifest rather than passively okay. manifest. Okay. Okay. So I think we are passively manifesting 24 seven. Mm, and I think that when we're so focused on a goal to which sadly, a lot of people don't have goals. If you ask somebody what they want to do in life, they'll go, I don't know. Well, what do you want the outcome of this to be? I don't know. And that's okay. Um, but you know, once you start to define exactly where you want to go, you can start. I always have people start at the end. Okay. What's the end result of where you want to go? All right. Now let's figure out how we get there and how we get there is going, I feel in reverse. So we know what that looks like. So we can start to live in the end of that's who it is. That's what I want to do, be, and have. And then we start to work in reverse. All right. So if that takes, how long does that goal take? Well, it might take me a year. Okay. So at nine months, what are we doing? At six months, what are we doing? At three months, what were we doing? At two months, what were we doing? At one month, what were we doing? At week three, two, one, what are we doing? And in those seven days to start it up, what are we, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. So it's helping you check in at every point. And then you have check marks where you can go, okay, I'm on track. Okay, this needs to, this needs to pivot. But it gives you a timeline for where you think you're going to be. So it's really in coaching is about achievable outcomes. And we always find that starting, or I find starting in reverse and working backwards always works the best. That's a part of almost like time techniques mm -hmm. where you take a person out to the future, future, you see what the end result is living as if, and I think that's a lot of what manifestation is. It's that living as if, and every day making a conscious choice to not affirm the negative, but affirm the positive. Because if we're sitting here going, I don't have it yet. I don't have it yet. I don't have it yet. Well, what am I doing? I'm affirming everything I don't have, and I'm not going to get to where I want to be. But the nice thing about us as human beings, we can stop at any point and go, mm, stop. I acknowledge this. I'm going to bypass that because look at what I've already accomplished. I'm well on my way and I am there. And I think that's a part of manifestive actively instead of manifesting passively. It's affirming what you want instead of you don't want. Living as if taking that time every day to say, what is the one thing I can do right now to show up as that person that I'm trying to be, or that I already am mm -hmm. because it is already in us. Mm -hmm. We just got to start living as if, because to me, we're infinite beings, infinite realities. Each one of it exists inside of us. It's almost like when you hear people talking about quantum leaps mm -hmm. or quantum physics, everything's, a, this is a solid, right? But what is it? It's just energy. And we as beings, we're just energy and we vibrate at our own special and unique level and vibration. And when we vibrate at the same vibration as to where we're going, it just naturally occurs because we start to reinforce that mindset over and over and over again, where right. it just naturally shows up for us. Mm. That sounds that makes like, sense. that sounds like much better than how I would have said it. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The frequency, the energy, the it's it's again like um, it's so easy to forget because you were so suffocated by our own perception. I mean, we can't see outside of that. But you're right. Mm -hmm. In essence, everything is just energy, and other species of animals that live on the planet will see things, hear things, smell. All of their senses are different. They're you know, and um, who knows what aliens can can see and, and experience, right? You know, uh, are we going to go there? Are we jumping into night. that conversation? <laughs> really did. That's hysterical. You just said that. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big believer in, uh, in, in extraterrestrial life in the sense that I don't have like posters on my wall and I'm not in Reddit groups, uh, rooms or anything, but 
I do believe that it would be ridiculous if we're the only intelligent life in the universe. Um, I agree. That's, I mean, maybe we can, that's a follow-up conversation. It's <laughs> a follow-up. <laughs> Definitely a follow-up conversation. But in, in just a you know, very narrow way of thinking about perspective and paradigms, I think what you mentioned about we, we have an infinite amount of possibilities at any given moment, which is, I think, something paraphrasing what you said. That is true to me. One example I can give is, and I think I may have said this before, I was uh, jobless and I was registered with like a number of different job search or job agencies that were actively looking for jobs for me. This was a, maybe like a decade and a half ago. And one day I got the phone call um, from, from one of the agents, but I thought it was my girlfriend at the time because she told me she was going to call. So I picked up the phone and I was really bubbly and bright and, uh, and welcoming. And I got a pause, like an empty silence for a while. And the guy kind of said, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. How are you? And then, you know, he seemed to be pretty upbeat and jolly. I think it took him a while to realize, you know, figure out how to respond to that because it probably wasn't something he was used to. <laughs> anyway, uh, fast forward, and he's like coming back to me, you know, with all of these job uh, potential jobs that I could take, and he's really trying hard. I think that's a kind of an example of where it really depends on your mindset. Like, how do you want to tackle the situation? Do you want to kind of pick up the phone and say, hello, yeah, sure, okay. Or do you want to just bring your best every day? And right. that there's- How do you want to show up? Yeah, how do you want to show up? And there's not really a lot more to it. Like, I mean, it is easier to just kind of coast by. There's less energy involved. There's less mm -hmm. thought process. But it's actually an investment. I think it's worth it, right? It's worth the results if you are to invest just the tiny fraction extra energy, time, effort into uh, showing up uh, as a better version of yourself. You know, I, I, I guess it's it's really it, it's really difficult to encourage people and and get them to see how this is a big thing because they are in terrible, awful situations. Oh, they are. And I, I think a lot of time we create, well, oh, you know that I believe this. There are some things that are unavoidable, some things we don't do, but I do think for the most part, we create our realities. It's mm -hmm. funny because I always think that it starts with three things. You have to have healthy boundaries. Okay. You need to be happy, healthy, and whole, or as much as you can. You got to bring gratitude to the game and you got to learn how to love yourself. There has to be the self-love, but the, but those are like three of the basic foundations there, boundaries, self-love and gratitude. Because if you don't have that, I don't think you really push yourself forward. But I think those three things are what help to create the happy, healthy and whole. I, and are we ever truly happy, healthy and whole a hundred percent? Probably not. And that's okay, but we all do the best that we can. But if we start with those foundations, I think we bring in a lot better of a reality. So, yes, and, and I'm just kind of thinking now about the not being happy all the time thing. What I've noticed is, and I'm not a coach when it comes to this kind of thing. I'm not, I'm not like you, but what, what I've noticed is even with friends that ask for advice or, you know, would appreciate you encouraging them when they do hit a hurdle and when they do feel down after they've been energized and enthusiastic, you know, it's almost like it's a reset for them. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I'm going back to where I was before. I'm going to give up now because it doesn't work. See? So it's like when we were discussing accepting the darkness within and knowing that it's always going to be there. I did a, a little Q&A segment on our feed recently about fear of commitment. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about how, we're all going to die one day, you know, it, we just don't know when it is. And it's really like up to us to decide, like, how do we, how do we want to live our lives? And what are we going to let ourselves, I suppose, to a certain degree, 
how how long are we going to let ourselves get away with just lying to ourselves? You know, mediocrity. Mediocrity. <laughs> exactly. That's a great way to put it. Don't you know? Don't we live our lives way below our potential? I think absolutely. we do. Absolutely. I think we do too. I think that the five percent. You know, I think the five percent that our conscious feeds us goes into the ninety-five of the subconscious, and the subconscious takes over because that. That 5% is just chattering, chattering, chattering and keeping us in the loop and keeping, it helps to keep us down. And I think that's where we have the self-work to do, to go within and release the limiting beliefs and live to our fullest potential. I think we owe it to ourselves and everyone around us. Mm-hmm. I Yes. I was on a call once with a, a group of friends and Ty Lopez was on the call. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that guy, whether you like him or not, he's pretty successful mm-hmm. by, by many stretches of the imagination. So, and he said something that I, we all laughed at. He said something like, well, what else are you going to do? Lie down. I mean, there's not much, what, what's the alternative of not trying? I mean, uh, of trying, it's like, it's just being, being stagnant, uh, just, mm-hmm. just breathing. Yeah. So, you know, go for it. I mean, I, I, I I, it's tr- it's troubling. I, I mean, we 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 are throwing away a lot of our potential. It's sad to see, and and it, and it's just so much joy and fulfillment in actually making you know turning up. I think it's uh, it's essential I, that we yeah, maybe it's because of convenience. Maybe it's because nowadays you know you can get away with binge watching Netflix for the whole week, and <laughs> you can get uh, uh, you can live a comfortable life without really trying that much in certain countries because you're mm-hmm. supported uh, or you can play on the PS4 or you can just hang out with your friends. I, I think, you know, or, you know, a few generations ago, that wasn't the case. Um, they make the argument that we're a lot more complacent these days because of things like, uh, you know, uh, family planning. Uh, let me, let me explain. So the introduction of the, uh, morning after pill uh, mm-hmm. actually allowed women to be a lot more promiscuous because up until that point, it was, it was really dangerous to, to, to be, have unprotected sex because the prospects of raising a, 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 as a single mother, raising a child were just so much more dangerous. And, mm-hmm. um, and so women's standards were a lot higher and men had to try a lot harder and nowadays, because of the introduction, like things like, um, you know, uh, the plan B. Like, yeah, yeah, plan B. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what's wrong with my brain. Uh, we, we're finding that, you know, that incentive doesn't really exist anymore. It's being funneled into other things, such as, I don't know, maybe amassing wealth. So it's, it, there's, there's a lot of different ways you can look at the way that society behaves. But I, I mean, fundamentally, like, if that's the case, we need to do even more work with, with this, with mindset, with discipline, with our with, mindset. Yeah, exactly. With, with like trying to almost be our own parents and, 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 and understanding what's available to us in terms of tools. So I, I figured, well, maybe I could ask you apart from like journaling and, um, you know, the other things that you said you do as a kind of a routine. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the biggest things that can influence people to create the kind of lives that they desire today? Um, And what do those things look like? You know, for me, you got to decide where you're going. Where do you want to go? If you don't know where you're going, you don't know how to get there, right? So you got to allow yourself the big dream. And I think a lot of people just don't allow themselves the big dream. They're, they think that this is my life and I'm going to keep myself small because it's safe, because I know I'm never going to be able to get that out there. Well, you've got to allow yourself to have that imagination. And once you allow yourself that imagination, you can start to take the actions to bring it in. So, and I think that there are conscious actions that you have to do. And I think everything really, it really is pretty simplistic. It's a small loop to me, set the goal or know where you want to go, have the gratitude, have the boundaries, have the self-love and start working forward to it. 
going out every day and just seeing this is who I am and I'm going to show up the best I can. It doesn't mean I'm always like bubbly. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to have a bad day. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to fall backwards. And in fact, that's just to me, the universe testing me, how bad do you want this? Mm. And I'm going to either, I'm either going to fall apart and say, I quit. I can't do this. I gave it my best shot. Or I'm going to say, mm, no, no, no. I really do want this. And I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to keep going forward because I'm going to try to find some might. And you can tell I love talking about this because I'm starting to get real fast in my talking. Mm. Um, but you just got to say, no, this is where I've been. This is where I'm going. And you got to keep at it. Um, and I think a lot of it, too, we have to go backwards and release limiting beliefs. And what I mean by that is I find like when I start working with a lot of clients, it's not what happened at 13 or 22, 28, 40, 47, whatever it is. It's probably what has happened from zero to seven. Something way back then is what started that habit of saying, I can't have that. I don't belong. I'm never going to be able to have this. This person, I'm not good at relationships. People abandon me. It starts back there for me. And when we go back and we figure out where exactly it started, who in our tribe, what adult or child, it could be another child, gave us that belief. And then we go back and heal it. It's amazing how we start zooming forward. Mm. Because then we we put a new spin on that doesn't work in my life, but this does. I read a book and I read a book once that about an author who, oh, and I can't remember her name. I feel horrible for this. She says that we all plant our own garden. And when we're growing up, the adults around us planted certain gardens because it's what they knew. And they taught us what belonged in that garden. But maybe as we grow up and maybe we've moved to a new region. Well, guess what? What worked in that garden didn't work, doesn't work over here. So it's about digging up what doesn't work and replacing it with what does to help us grow and expand. And the nice thing about it, and I agree with her on this, we can plant anything in our darn garden that we want because it's going to work because we're going to say it's going to work. We don't have to stick with what we were told. You get to create your own reality. And I think that's a part of manifesting in a lot of ways too, is knowing you have the freedom to pivot, grow and expand. And it's up to you. What do you want in your garden? How are you going to grow? So it's, it's almost like you're taking back permission from yeah. a previous version of yourself that was saying you're not allowed to do this because of X, exactly. Y, and Z. And, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've had experience with that. I'm, uh, have you have you gone back to your developmental years to kind of unwind certain oh, things? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I had I had an incredibly abusive. Um, childhood. So a lot of self-work was really done where I had great limiting beliefs. Um, And I spent years and years always trying to please, trying to please and quitting right before I would hit the mark because the people I was wanting, i.e. the adults to pay attention just weren't because it was always the sense of you don't belong, you don't belong, you don't belong. Well, I had to do a lot of work to get rid of that. So many years, and it didn't always take the first time because even now at this age, there are certain things I can talk myself right on out of if I allow myself to go back there. So I think that we're always constantly working on it. So that goes back to what I was saying. I can either affirm that old reality or I can affirm my new reality. Mm -hmm. And I choose to every day show up and affirm my new reality of getting and going and doing what I want to do, helping the people I'd like to help and thinking that everything that I do is going to help everyone else expand and lift up others. I think it's our responsibility. And I think that's why it's easy for me to hold in that mindset. Right. Yeah. Thinking now back to how I used to be maybe a decade ago or even less because I've had quite a traumatic previous decade of my life. And, I, and I'm here doing this mainly because my experience was so traumatic 
that I literally came to the conclusion that I had to share it with people to help them maybe get over certain similar situations that they were going through. And, you know, I learned a lot. I think you, you know, another way to look at the dark side of life as this theme, there's a theme in this conversation, the dark side of life is to say that it's the portal to growth. And there are uh, unlimited lessons to learn from bad things that happen to us. Mm-hmm. So it's that's a, an empowering kind of perspective. And I kind of learned that just through the help of friends and uh, a little bit of introspection. But, but, but my life, I've lived definitely uh, fueled by these um, paradigms that I... Uh, maybe not even just paradigms, but literally programs that I have had. Training. Yeah, from a very young age of just like how I should behave, what I should do, what I shouldn't do, what I should say, what I should, how I should feel about certain situations, mm-hmm. how I should feel around other people, how I should treat other people. I mean, but to break that down and understand it clearly, you know gave me the opportunity to move away from it and let it go. Mm-hmm. I think there's still some of it there. I don't think it always completely disappears because those are very strong connections that you've made, you know, internally. It's just, it's just, I think the more you chip away at it, the the easier it gets to, to kind of like, you know, say no to it. So mm-hmm. I, I did break a lot of behavior, behavioral patterns. I, I, and, I, and I think it really, it really pays to spend that time. It's, it's, it's challenging. And I think if you do it, sometimes you can only really do it if the situation demands it because the, in the, the, the motivation just isn't there maybe. Right. You know, I, 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 I agree on, I agree on a level, but I also think that at any moment we can make the conscious choice to go ahead and say enough is enough. I'm not doing this anymore. And like what I do in my practice, of course, you know, I practice a lot of NLP, so neuro-linguistic um, practitioner um, at programming, I'm sorry, programming. And then the through the hypnosis and the EFT and the time techniques, there's so many wonderful tools that we have at our disposal to help us release and move forward. And I think that it's so exciting when I watch somebody, you just, you see the whole physiology change. And then on, even within the next appointment, they're like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing that. So I think that we have so many tools at our disposal that if we really want to change, if it's okay with the subconscious and the conscious, and we want that end goal and we do it, it's just the transformations are just so amazing and exciting. And I think we kind of owe it to ourselves to live our best lives. Mm-hmm. So it's just, but you don't want to regret things later, right? You don't want to be yes, able to regret, don't to regret things. And we have it in us to change. We all have it in us to be so great. So why shouldn't we be great? That's mm-hmm. maybe that's, you know, I'm real simplistic and thinking about that, but I think that we all have the tools within inside of ourselves and the motivation where we are absolutely limitless. All we have to do is start affirming it, do the work and be okay with how the work comes and just move forward and just, God, be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think if you, yeah, you, so you were, if you were to kind of summarize what were the biggest challenges for me to actually get into that frame of mind of just, okay, I'm, I can deal with this. Like I can, I can change this. It, mm-hmm. it was to, it was to accept. It was to some, I somehow got myself into a situation where I was able to accept my flaws was, and I was able to accept adversity because up until that point, the resistance was so strong that it was it wasn't an option, you know, to look into those things. They were just simply me. Uh, does that make sense? They were they were like it was my failure. It was my shame to carry that I that I failed at something or that I wasn't able to do something, and so there was something wrong with me. But there's, you know, that 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 was the hardest challenge for me to overcome. I mean. Um, do you, so do you, do you, let me ask you this, do you work with people who are at various stages of this kind of movement oh, towards abs- being? Absolutely. 
Um, and it's interesting because as I'm listening to you, I almost want to ask, so do you feel like you were putting yourself in effect of everything, the situations and things that had gone on? And at a point you decided to become at cause where you became in, in control at some point, did you just say, how can I put myself at, at cause for my life and my situations and allow it to heal? Yeah, you can, you can say that. Like, let's try and think of an example. So in my relationships up to a certain year of my life, I just didn't realize that I had as much of an influence as I did on mm -hmm. how the relationship was and how each person felt within that relationship. I kind of just thought, this is how it is. This is how life is supposed to be. We argue quite often um, and, you know, uh, maybe we don't have sex for a couple of months and uh, like a bunch of other stuff to do with the relationship. And I just felt like there was no way to, to, to fix that. That's just how it was. So obviously that's not true. And I'm not sure exactly what the catalyst was, but I think you start, you start with one idea that's empowering and it kind of snowballs hopefully into just uh, showing you that you're in control of almost, you know, e everything that you feel you're in control of. Ultimately, it's right. just a question of how do you right. get that control uh, to surface. So I, I definitely was an effect. And then, um, and then I, I guess I owned up over time. It was like small baby steps. And then I would, I mean, yeah, I'm the cause I can take responsibility for this and it doesn't make me any less of a person. Mm -hmm. It's actually empowering because now I get the chance to. When you become at cause for your life and your actions, how people show up for you, how, how your work goes, when you start to be at cause, it's amazing how empowering it is. And it's not about I've fallen down. Um, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. It's just saying I'm showing up. I'm going to run this. I'm not going to be at effect of somebody else's emotions. I'm not going to allow, I'm just not going to be effect of other things anymore. And you just, that one simple question of how can I be at cause for my life in this situation? Mm -hmm. And that right there starts the transformation and the wanting of the transformation, because I think it starts us really thinking about what can I, again, how do I want to show up? What can I do today to show up who I want to show up as? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Have you, do you also see that in relationships? It, it, there seems to be a lot of women in relationships who feel powerless to change their situation, to uh, be assertive or to leave and start something new uh, to just to make decisions for themselves. You know, mm -hmm. I go on sites like Quora and I, and I'm in relationship uh, Facebook groups and all always there's a question every day from a lady that's basically saying, I, my husband is a, uh, is a, is a tyrant and I don't know what should I, what I should do. So give me some advice. And, and, you know, the first thing that pops into your mind is like, why are you settling for that? What well, mm -hmm. just, it, that is unacceptable behavior, right? Um, I'm about to have our child and he's kicking us out. And he says, we need to figure out how to make it work. I mean, mm -hmm. stuff like that. How do you, how do you tackle situations where people maybe come to you for help and they're uh, what would be a process that you go through with people to kind of help them take control? Well, you know, each boy, that's, that's such a subject because I mean, each one is so unique. I don't think there actually is one answer for that. And of course the concern for safety of that individual is first and foremost. And I think yeah. that you do have to be gentle in how you, go through the process with somebody extricating themselves from those type of situations. Maybe they really don't think that they can. Maybe there's something they're simply not saying that you have to be so cautious about 
because could it bring them harm? Could it bring that un, that those born children or unborn children any harm? So I don't think that that is one clear cut answer on what you do. So at the basis, actually the basis is hold space to listen and really hope that they are honest in their story so you can know how to help them. Is it a limiting belief? Is it that their life is in danger and how do you get them help? Mm. Of course, you know, Mm. Um, but if it is a limiting belief to help them see the possibilities of, okay, what resources at hand do you have that will make you feel safe, empowered, where you can start to shift that paradigm and remove yourself from that situation? I mean, we don't know, was this person abused as a child? Mm -hmm. Um, And is there something in them that they think that they actually deserve this behavior? Um, is it a pattern in all relationships where they end up this? And I think that's where holding that space and talking and finding their truth and figuring it out is the place to first and foremost start. But that's hard. That's not one clear cut answer because each situation is so unique. I do find ultimately on a lot because I don't want to generalize this and I want to be careful as we say this. It does at some point, come back to a limiting beliefs that something that they have had that has happened, yeah. that they feel that is what they deserve, and that is how life is kind of how what you were saying in relationships. Um, but you know, like I said, if there's abuse there, boy, that's a whole nother game, and you got to be careful. Yeah. So, there is other than holding space, holding grace, and listening without judgment, I mean, truly just shutting up and listening sometimes is what you have to do to help somebody work their way out of it on a level. Mm -hmm. I also think within a relationship as well, just shutting up and listening is so underrated. I don't think always. Yeah, it's always, you know, it can become a tennis match. But it's like, hang on, what's happening here? Let's take stock of the situation Mm -hmm. and kind of Mm -hmm. um, relationships. Obviously, that's one of the major focuses of our brand. And I wanted to talk to you about what your beliefs around manifesting your perfect partner are, because there's a lot of different thoughts about, you know, that particular subject. So how does it look like to you? Is it possible? How does that work? Absolutely. I think absolutely. Um, You know, I hear so often the good ones aren't available or I'm just not good at relationships. I don't deserve a relationship. Nothing ever seems to work. It always goes like this. So they spin out the same things. But I absolutely believe that a good, happy, healthy, whole relationship is possible. And I think on whether it's romantic, friendship, employer, employee, it all takes work and communication. But I think it starts at the basis of this. You have to have gratitude, you have to have self-love, and you have to have boundaries. It all starts there. But then when we move into the romantic relationship, I always tell clients this, you got to start being who you want. So the person that you're trying to attract, you can't just attract a certain thing in immediately. You got to have embody that yourself too. So that's, that's one of the things. And then I always tell my clients when they come to me looking for, I want to manifest a specific person. Okay, good. We'll do that. We'll do that. But I want you to sit down and do some homework. And to me, right, that's I just want to interject here because this is exactly what I was thinking when I was saying there's a different few different mind mindsets around or thoughts about how to manifest. And I, I've heard, I've heard a few of them. I agree with you. I think, I think we need to take responsibility and not be so selfish when we go out there looking for someone, because, you know, at the end of the day, where we're selling ourselves. We're selling the idea of You're ourselves. We're a product. <laughs> we're a product. <laughs> we, and, and, and no one's going to want to buy a product that doesn't work or is broken or, right? And Drama, and, drama, drama. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's exactly true. I mean, it might, and there, it's, some, it's a difficult landscape. I mean, there's narcissism out there. There's uh, manipulation, love bombing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Exactly. There's Sometimes so you just much. Don't know. I mean, you've got to be wise about these things. But I think if you can just start with yourself and just start by 
like you said, the, the, those things you mentioned, loving yourself, gratitude and, and so Boundaries. on. Yeah. It's, it's um, a lifelong thing though, isn't it? It's not like something you can do. You know, I, don't, you I think you're, I, I pray that everyone out there continues to evolve and grow. So what you need, how you show up, what you're wanting from a partner is going to be ever changing. And what I was going to say, one of the exercises that I have all my clients do is this. And I can't take credit for this because I originally heard it years ago from Tony Robbins. And I think he is an incredible individual. Um, I love the energy and everything there. And he's very wise. And I love how he reframes. Um, It may be a little abrupt at times, but I love how he gets people to just break their break, break pattern there. But I always tell people this, if you're looking for a mate, what exactly are you looking for? Not just, oh, I want love. I want to be married. I want, you know, the white picket fence, the house, uh, 3.2 kids and a dog. You can't do that. No. What are you really looking for in that mate? And so I have my clients make a list and I tell them, this is not a 20 minute list. This is something I really want you to work on. And so I have them, what physical attributes do you want? What do you, what do you want their personality to be like? What type of movies do they like? What type of work do they do? What do they believe about money? What do they believe about politics, religion? How do they spend their downtime? What hobbies do they have? What kind of car do they drive? What do they look like? How much sex do they like? Do they not like sex? I mean, (laughs) put it all out there exactly how you want it. And it's amazing because as soon as they really narrow down this list, to me, it's like within three to six months, that person is appearing to them exactly how they want, because now they know what they're focusing on, not what they don't want. Well, I don't want the guy who, you know, ghost me. Well, if you keep focus on the guy who ghosts you, that's all you're going to end up with. But, you know, when you focus in on, I want them to communicate with me like this. This Mm. is what our communication, this is what our style of resolution looks like. When you get all of that down on a piece of paper and you're so crystal clear about what you want, it can't help but to manifest. It can't help but to show up. Yeah. So that's kind of what I believe and I've seen it work. So I know it works. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been paying close attention because I feel like, you know, that's, that's something I need to do. <laughs> That's really something I need to do. I, I've, I've had terrible luck, partly because I've not been able to socialize over the last year or so, mm-hmm. but I've, I've had terrible luck with just um, matching with people and then nothing happening. And I can't put my finger on it. I just really, it's, it's kind of frustrating. I think possibly what I need to do is do what you've just said and go back to the drawing board and like figure out, okay, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Like, what am I really looking for? What, what am I projecting? Uh, exactly. What are you looking for? And that's it. What are you looking for? Stop focusing on what you're not looking for and start focusing on what you are looking for. And it's amazing. I, I think you visited my website, but I've actually got a little free downloadable manifesting your romantic partner uh, on there. And it's a free little download. It's just a little snippet, but it's something just to get your mind thinking about what maybe I need to do to try to call in the love that I want. Right. Nice. And there are self-exercises on there because I truly believe at the core of everything, there's self-exercises. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's something that we can put in the description. I mean, that sounds pretty helpful. Uh, So yeah, we can, you know, anyone who's listening to this should go and do that if they're still trying to get their perfect partner. Um, But, you know, that, again, uh, manifestation, the law of attraction, right, Mm -hmm. is... uh, The law of action, though. Doesn't matter if you don't take the action. There you go. So the point that I was going to make was we have movies like The Secret, which I don't really, I just don't know. I can't get behind a lot of the stuff in that movie. It's a, if you don't, if you don't know what that is, it's a doc, like anyone listening, it's a documentary uh, kind of chronicling the uh, activities of a number of people. Uh, Many of them are self-professed gurus, right? Mm -hmm. Who Mm -hmm. kind of talk about how they've been able to, 
attract things into their lives by doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. And some of the things that some of the people talk about are highly questionable. You know, like I just sat, I just wanted money. I just wanted to be wealthy and I got a check in the mail every week. I mean, come on now. We can't really go around saying things like that because that's very misleading. And that, I'm glad, so that's why I'm glad you said, you know, without the law of action, it doesn't work. It, it really is about kind of dedicate, dedicating yourself, right, to the end goal. Mm-hmm. Clarity, focus, and attention. And, uh, and I think if you, if you do those things, there's no way you can fail. Like, there's really no way. If you're persistent, I agree. I, I agree. don't think anyone's failed when they've done that. I mean, I don't think they are either. When you kind of take manifesting and you apply the 12 universal laws in with everything, it's kind of, and you continue to affirm that reality that you are heading towards and focus on what you want instead of you don't want. And I know I've said that 10,000 times during this. But you have to focus on what you want, not what you don't want. Continue to affirm. And it's funny because any of those people who are the great manifestors and they have everything, they've had their bad days. They have bad days. It's what they decide to do with it. You know, do we give up and lay on the ground and just say, I'm done? No, they rise up and say, wait a second. That wasn't a failure because there is no such thing as a failure, truly. It's just now I've learned another way not to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we take that as the lesson, learn, get up and move forward. Um, and that's, I think that's the part of the greatness of all of it that, again, you're at cause. You get to stay at cause and you get to move your life forward in the direction that you want. All you have to do is just freaking show up, take the action and where, and I agree with you. I love the movie, The Secret. I love it. I really do. It was, even though there was many, many things before that, it was really the movie that said to me, wait a second, you've been manifesting all along. Boy, are you doing a bad job at this? But then you delve in a little bit more and you start looking at people like Neville Goddard and Abraham Hicks, and you look at great NLP masters like Tony Robinson. And um, I mean, there's just so many great people, too, too many to name, right? But when you start applying all that, And you just start simply doing the work, you know, applying the law of oneness, the law of attraction, using multiple tools like vision boards. I think vision boards are great. Journaling, another great thing. Um, And then you apply the law of action consistently. That's where it all starts to show up. Living in the end as if of the person I want to be, surrounding myself with the people who lift me up and are of like mine, all doing the work themselves. I mean, it's just, it's greatness. Mm. It's something we also deserve. And the neatest thing about it is I notice that as I'm doing my work and my clients are doing my work and my friends are doing their work. Have you ever noticed how many people we lift up and take along with us? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's just, it's magical to me. And I know I sound like I'm ranting right now, but it's absolutely magical to me. Yeah. Yes. It, 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 you could, I mean, you know, there it's like, it's the peer group thing, right. As well. I talked about this a few times. I will always talk about these things because they're fundamentals. Mm-hmm. You know, the people we spend the most time with are the people we become uh-huh. right to a certain degree. <laughs> yeah. The five. Right. Uh-huh. And that's, it's a, it's an understatement. It's a, it's really everything, you know, you're, you what what you expose yourself to what you consume you become and that's why people take breaks from social media because ultimately they are manifesting those mm-hmm. messages into their mm-hmm. life right that's i'm a big believer of taking social media breaks i'm also a big believer in the morning you leave that phone off for mm-hmm. the first 30 minutes or you know don't go to the emails don't touch the phone, stay off of that social media. I think it's a really healthy thing. Um, I'll have to send you over to the uh, to the website because I've got a lot of freebies on downloading and like I've got a 21 day mindset reset. 
And I have practices like that in there. And one of them is take a break from social media. You are not those people on social media. You're not that perfectly curated life. And you know what? That's bloody okay. And it's great to go ahead and say, ooh, I'd like to do that too. Well, of course you can, but don't hold yourself. They're not your mirror. You're your own mirror. Do your own work and get there how you need to get there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, within a nice way. <laughs> Never, you know, don't go trampling people to get where you want because that's not how you do it. Oh, of course but, not. No, got not allowed already. That's exactly how most of the, much of this game is played, and that's what needs to change. Uh, but I, you know, I think I think based on what you've discussed, I reckon there's a lot of value for people who are listening to go to check out your website and get in touch with you. How do people get in touch with you? What's the best way? Through the website, through social? It is through the website, AM Vibe Life. Okay. And so, you're, um, you're AM Vibe on social as well. I am. I am AM Vibe on, I think it's a.m.vibe on all social media, but right. the website is actually just AM Vibe Life. And there are a ton of freebies and my email address is in there. And of course there's the one-on-one -on -one coaching or packages. Um, and Clubhouse just, too, right? On Clubhouse, yeah. And I think it's just AM Vibe Life straight out on Clubhouse. Yeah, and I love being on Clubhouse, being on panels and talking about all sorts of things. Yeah, and, and I think that's probably one of the best places to interact with the, the people who interest us. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I've spoken with people I've followed for a long time now, and the only way I got a chance to do that was through Clubhouse. Exactly. You know? Uh, and it's amazing how generous people are on Clubhouse. And there are some rooms that I've wandered out of, some that I haven't felt were well uh, moderated, but for the most part, they really are. And what I, I just, yesterday I was on, I was on with um, Johnny Cassell, in fact, and you so the London dating coach, and we were talking about the contents of people's refrigerators and it was just something fun, completely just for fun. And then there's other rooms. I go into a lot of the relationship rooms, a lot of sexual health rooms, a lot of manifesting rooms. I just bounce around because you just never know who's a part of your tribe. And I've made some great friends off of it. And well, that's how we found each other was what yeah. we were in. I think we were in Eric Everhart's room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. His rooms is yeah, how we it was. Found yeah. Yeah. And I do the same thing as you. I bounce around the relationships rooms and the intimacy rooms. Those are the two kind of main foundations of what we talk about and um, found a bunch of people already. And I haven't really done much of clubhouse. So uh, unfortunately it's just for iPhone users right now. So anyone who has Android yeah, is trouble yeah. getting on, but I'm sure they're going to open it soon, but, but you know, I it's been, it's been a real pleasure having you talk to me and, and, and discuss all those things. And I've learned a lot actually, and I've kind of, you've made me want, you know, think, okay, there's definitely things I can go back to and work on. So I know that uh, this is going to be one of the better episodes. So thank you very much for that. And hopefully we'll we can thank you. another one mm -hmm. in the future on something. Yeah. I mean, we kind of only scratched the surface in yeah. this. It feels like there's, we can go so much deeper, but um, yeah, this has been a lot of fun and I'm so grateful that you had me on today. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.